Hey, you. Do you like movies? Do you like talking about movies? Do you like listening to somebody else that you don't know talk about movies? Well, then you might be in the right place. Welcome to the Films with Feral podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you so much for joining me for episode one of the Feral... Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you so much for joining me here today for episode one of the Films with Feral podcast. Uh, for those of you that aren't familiar, Films with Feral is sponsored by Harry's Hemorrhoid Cream. If you need some num-num for your bum-bum, Harry's Hemorrhoid Cream. Uh, really excited for you guys to be here on this journey with me as we get started in the podcast space reviewing films. Um, just a little bit about me and I guess why I wanted to go about this podcast. I feel uh, as though my background has given me enough information to at least talk fluently about movies. Um, I believe it was a B- uh, during my history of motion pictures film class in college. Uh, co-starred in a few college films as well back in my day. Um, pretty famous YouTube channel. You may have heard of me, uh, may have seen one of my videos, over 20,000 views in the period of 15 years. But hey, who is counting? Um, numerous acting as well as improv classes as well and just a lover of films. Uh, while other kids were watching the Disney Channel, my parents thought it was a good idea to you know, buy me Caddyshack, buy me Animal House and expose me to those movies at a very early age. Uh, just a you know, big lover of film, lover of movie quotes, lover of anything on that silver screen, whether it be movies, television, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, in theaters, straight to DVD. Uh, just really love talking about movies and love just the entertainment industry in general. So hoping to kind of take some of that background, talk, you know, just really uh, get in there and talk about these movies. Um, hopefully, you know, some recommendations, maybe some movies that you have seen, maybe some movies you haven't seen. Uh, but, you know, during our time together here, really looking forward to just talking movies, talking shop, um, and, you know, really just kind of allowing you, the viewer, uh, the one, the two, the three of you maybe that aren't related to me, uh, to get out there, you know, maybe go check out some movies you haven't previously seen, enjoy it, uh, you know, get inside of the discussion, uh, and just get after it. So I'm scrolling through Hulu on a Saturday night during quarantine, not really much going on, and stumble upon the movie that we will be talking about here today. The uh, movie came out in 2015. It is a type of horror movies, also a comedy, also a fantasy horror thriller. Uh, it's a lot of great things rolled into one. Um, again, 2015, directed by Todd Strauss-Solson. Um, it is the movie titled The Final Girls. Um, a lot of great actors actually in this movie as well. You will see Thomas Middleditch uh, from Silicon Valley, Adam Devine from Workaholics, uh, Mylan Ackerman from uh, The Watchmen, Heartbreak Kid, uh, to throw out a random Ben Stiller movie that she's in, and uh, Thaisa Farmiga uh, from the American Horror Story movies as well. Um, just a really solid cast, just naming four of the star-studded cast that is out there. Um, really wasn't sure what I was getting myself into uh, when I watched the trailer, but it was enough to actually kind of hook me in. Um, IMDb classifies, you know, the movie, really the storyline as uh, when Max, that's uh, Thaisa Famiga's character, when Max and her friends reluctantly attend a tribute screening of an infamous 1980s slasher film that stars Max's late mother, they are accidentally sucked into the silver screen. 
they soon realize that they are trapped inside the cult classic and must team up with the fictional ill-fated camp bloodbath counselors, including Max's mother, the shy screen queen, to battle the film's machete-wielding masked killer. Uh, when the body count rises in scene after iconic scene, who will be the final girl left standing to live and escape the film? Um, you know, very interesting that, you know, these group of real-time, real-time, you know, characters are sucked into a movie. It, it's kind of like if you've seen the movie Pleasantville, uh, but a lot more blood, a lot more gore than Pleasantville. Still, the movie is rated PG-13. It's nothing crazy. It's not like you're watching a, a slasher film with blood and guts everywhere, but it is a little bit more um, advanced than the Tobey Maguire, you know, Pleasantville that's out there. That's also, I guess, a fantastic movie in its own right. So you have these characters stuck in this film, really just teaming up with these characters to prevent uh, this killer, Billy, uh, from coming and slashing them, killing them. Uh, the final girl, obviously the last girl left standing, typically in any kind of horror movie. Um, you know, thinking of Jamie Lee Curtis right off the bat in the Halloween movies. Uh, you know, that final girl left still in left standing uh, there to, I guess, face off against the, um, you know, I guess the main evil force that's out there. So before we dive uh, too much deeper here, we will be taking a 10 second break uh, to allow for commercials um, inside the Films of Theral podcast. Harry's Hemorrhoid Cream. A blown out gasket is far from fantastic. Harry's Hemorrhoid Cream. Not available in stores. So now is a, is a good point to really just bring up the fact that moving forward, we will probably be talking about a couple spoilers. We're not going to go fully in-depth into the movie, into the full plot. Um, I would encourage you, it's about an hour and a half movie. Uh, strongly recommend maybe hitting the pause button on this podcast, going to watch this movie if you haven't already, coming back, hitting resume, uh, and then we can just get after it actually talking about you know, the movie, the ins and outs. Um, if you haven't really checked it out on IMDb, I would strongly recommend it as well. Movie is filled with different trivia, fun facts about the movie. Uh, one that comes to mind right there, Chloe Bridges, another actress that is in the film, uh, her and Adam Devine are actually engaged. They met on the set of this movie. Uh, so that was kind of cool. It brought the two of those together in a very la you know long and lasting relationship. Film is written by M.A. Forden and Joshua John Miller. Um, you know, something that was interesting here as well, and it really ties into why I love this movie so much is, um, you know, Joshua John Miller wrote this movie uh, in a way of dealing with his dad's death. Uh, his dad, Jason Miller, who starred in the movie The Exorcist in 1973, he wrote it just as a way to, uh, I guess, say, you know, come to grips with still seeing your father in a movie, but also saying goodbye to your father at the same time, uh, realizing that, hey, that is a fictional character that you are watching uh, on the screen, but that is someone that you hold near and dear to your heart. Our main character, Max, actually goes through that um, when her mom is killed at the very beginning of the movie, uh, and she's you know actually meets the character version of her mom in the movie Camp Bloodbath. Um, you know, inside of the actual final girl. So pretty interesting. I know director uh, Todd uh, Strauss-Solston, even, you know, I guess his father had passed away a couple months before even receiving the script. So it was near and dear to his heart, his heart as well. Just kind of, you know, playing on that, you know, child and parent relationship, losing a loved one, coming to grips, um, you know, with that loved one's passing, but still, you know, still seeing them on uh, on TV and just kind of, coming to grips with saying goodbye. Um, you know, and, and that's why I think that this film really kind of stuck out to me. 
I really think, you know, the whole parent and child dynamic is what really made this movie so memorable to me. Um, you know, just the originality of it all. In today's Hollywood world, it seems like everything is being, you know, remade, recreated, sequels being created, superhero movies being churned out left and right, and there's no real original thoughts coming out. This could be why in 2015 that this movie was a direct release to DVD. It never actually made it to the box office uh, to be shown in theaters. But, you know, in a time right now that we're going through to where Hollywood isn't taking, it seems like, big chances on, you know, independently creative ideas. Um, I thought this movie just stands out and then some. I mean, what an original piece of work. Here you have, you know, Joshua John Miller, the co-writer, you know, really just him saying goodbye to his father in a, in a totally different way, you know, written through the voices of Max uh, Cartwright saying goodbye to her mother um, in the screen. I really just thought that was something special that I had never seen in a movie before. And that's really what kind of stood out to me why I chose this as my uh, first podcast to actually talk about, just because of the originality of it all. Um, you know, again, nothing I've really seen before just sticking out. It's like just wow. And to really look, you know, much deeper than the plot, actually understand, you know, how what was going through the writer's mind as they were writing with it, kind of seeing that whole personal touch that comes into play. Another interesting fact about this movie, as I mentioned earlier, it is rated PG-13. Um, I think they only, uh, you know, swear once. They might drop, well, they swear more than once, but I think they only say fuck one time, uh, meeting the PG-13 guidelines there, I believe. But, you know, um, really just making this movie PG-13 as opposed to being rated R, I mean, for those of you that know, you know, movies, when you rate something R, you allow for so much more. You allow for more gore, more blood, more curse words, more nudity, more everything. And really, a, a lot could get taken away from the story when you are adding uh, a lot of aspects of gore, a lot of aspects of just language, nudity. Um, you know, you kind of lose sight of the ultimate message of the story. And that's... Um, you know, I think there was a little bit of fighting back and forth, but the studio ultimately had said they wanted this movie at a PG-13 level. I think it fits perfectly. Uh, just, again, it has that story right there. It's a better tone. Um, it's just overall a better, more developed movie when you're not seeing, you know, Billy, the main character, just slashing people's heads off, blood and guts just smearing everywhere. Uh, you know, you can't actually follow the story and appreciate the story uh, between the mother and the daughter, uh, you know, a lot more. Um, really why it stuck out to me so much. But <clears throat> something I also found was cool is like this movie is just riddled with different Easter eggs uh, pertaining to whole, you know old horror movies. Uh, most notably, I mean, this has Friday the 13th written all over it, um, you know, from actually taking place at a camp. Instead of Camp uh, Crystal Lake, you have Camp Bloodbath. Um, the camp's actual name isn't Camp Bloodbath, but the fictitious movie is. Um, you have it's the, the um, like, the ch 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 uh, that, you know, that is very similar to the Jason Voorhees. You have that as this character, Billy. He's still wearing a mask. It looks like more of something out of, uh, out of I don't know, the Brady Bunch movie with like the little tiki's um, as opposed to the hockey mask. But it, it does have a lot of vibes in terms of Friday the 13th. At one point, the camp counselors are even sitting around in a circle strumming, um, you know, a song that can be played in the original Friday the 13th movie as well. So, you know, again, if you like the 1980s slasher nostalgia, this is another great movie for you as well. If you're not in it just for the story, but really the nostalgia, the, the corniness sometimes of the, 
you know, of really the writers making fun of those 1980s actors, how it was written. Uh, Adam Devine does a fantastic job at really kind of captivating some of the, the comedic genius of that as well. But um, definitely, you know, a lot of great 80s horror and nostalgia uh, to be looking for in this movie as well, which I you know, really do appreciate. Yeah, so overall, really going to give this movie uh, two big fat thumbs up on the feral scale um, for grading movies. I mean, it has a little bit of everything. You have your 1980s movie nostalgia of the horror genre. You have an amazing cast. I listed four or five. Uh, there's even more familiar faces inside of there. Uh, you have, you know, some funny one-liners. You have a short runtime of about an hour and a half. Uh, you have easy streaming access. I believe this movie is still streaming on Hulu, um, accessible right there, or wherever you might stream um, legally, illegally, um, you know, what have you. Not that I'm condoning any of that, but, um, you know, it's all out there for you to actually be watching. More importantly, when we look into the greater realm of it all, um, what really stuck out to me is just, again, the originality of this piece. I can't really stop talking about it enough. Uh, in a day and age where nothing seems to be original that is being pumped out on a consistent basis in movie theaters, in you know streaming sites as well, uh, this movie just you know hit really all the right notes. I mean, you know, at its core, you have uh, you know a daughter really just coming to terms and saying goodbye to her already deceased mother inside of the actual movie. Um, it just kind of steps it up 10 times more that the movie kind of, you know, came to be as Joshua John Miller saying goodbye to his father that was in the movie The Exorcist. Again, something that you're watching, um, you know, on syndication, something that might just pop up on TV and it's like, hey, you know, there's my father that passed away 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, for him to kind of be in that place and actually, you know, write something to that effect to, you know, just kind of broadcast it out there in his own way. Um, you know, that's what really kind of just sets this movie aside. It's why I'm doing this podcast, why I'm talking about this movie to begin with is just the originality of it all. So strongly recommend that you get out there. If you haven't watched it, watch it already. Uh, drop comments, reach out. We can talk about the movie. Um, again, just thought it was absolutely fantastic. Tune in next week. Uh, we'll be reviewing another movie, a uh, movie that's actually on Hulu right now, available for you to be streaming in the meantime, so you know what the hell I'm talking about when we, uh, when we do actually broadcast this. Um, it's a Nicolas Cage movie, so obviously, uh, you know, it's a must-watch for anybody. Nicolas Cage, big friend of the show already, um, as we even wrap up episode one. Uh, it's Willie's Wonderland. It involves Nicolas Cage being stuck in a Chuck E. Cheese-like setting uh, where the figures come to life. Um, and if that gives you anything, Chuck E. Cheese figures coming to life in Nicolas Cage, it has the recipe to go one of two ways. So if it's something that you're interested in, if you do love good Nicolas Cage movies, if you love bad Nicolas Cage movies, if you love Nicolas Cage, um, if you love movies, again, check it out uh, and tune in next week. Again, big shout out to the sponsor, Harry's Hemorrhoid Cream. A dabble day will keep the pus at bay. Harry's Hemorrhoid Cream. You folks have a good day.